0: You are listening to the Bags and Plat Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Plat Podcast. It is
1: October 1st. Can't believe it. How's it going, Bags? Oh, it's going good. It's going good. I can't complain after last night's amazing. Just an amazing game. It, it was just, it was back and forth. It was what you want to see in the playoffs. And I got to tell you, um... I didn't want to go to a game three and it looks like uh, they didn't either. And I'm just so happy um, for, for Sanchez number one, because I think that can really help his confidence. The Yanks really showed a lot of guts last night. And I can't tell you how uh, we we have a new rival and it's the Tampa Bay Rays. And it's going to, these teams do not like each other Platt. It's going to be really awesome. It starts on Monday uh, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to uh, the the rest of the teams in the playoffs too. I, I mean, I can't believe the Reds didn't score today and they didn't score yesterday. They got shut out by the Braves 2-0, but sticking, to, sticking to the Yankees, I got a, I got a good feeling about this team now. Uh, what are your thoughts about last night?
0: See, so, yeah, I was going to say, and before we start looking forward, let's look back. And, you know, some guys are just playoff guys. And to me, like, Labor played great last year in the playoffs. He clearly came to play this series. I'll be the first to apologize to Boone because I had zero interest in having Brett Gardner on the field. He had a very solid two games at the plate. First game, obviously, tremendous with a huge home run, a huge RBI. And he played really well. He had some really good at bats last night, too. So I'll give Boone kudos there. And Sanchez, as you said, stepped up uh, when he needed to. They got some big hits. The thing that concerns me, and I'm not being a negative Nelly and putting on my, oh, no, what's going to happen now hat, is the Cleveland Indians are the Cleveland Indians for a reason, and the Tampa Bay Rays are the Tampa Bay Rays for a reason. So I look at this, and I'm like, great job. They won both games. You didn't want to go to game three. But now, because you didn't have a game three, Hap's going to be on 10 days rest what are they gonna do with games three through five with that rotation you got five games in a row so cole you're good with and tanaka you're good with even though playoff tanaka didn't show up last night you're gonna go hap garcia and montgomery like where where how are you putting the pieces together for games three through five of this series that's where i get very nervous as a yankee fan because if severino was healthy and paxton was healthy I'd feel much better about the situation, but right here, right now, Bags, what do you do with this rotation?
1: I don't know. And I don't know I don't know when you actually give Garcia the ball, you know, if, and when you do, because I mean, he's, what does he have? Maybe two or three starts in his career. I don't, I, I don't like that. And, and the only thing that really can get us by those couple of starts that you mentioned, Platt is the offense. Let's be, I mean, let's be honest. We're not, you know, we're not the '86 Mets. We don't have a great pitching staff. We're okay. We're a hitting team. We're sluggers. Everybody on that team can hit a home run. Do we live and by that by the home run a little too much? Yeah, of course we do. We don't steal bases. We had one sacrifice bunt the whole year. I mean, we're we're we're, we're a slugfest. That's just basically what we are. So, but, yeah, I, I, I am concerned about those those you know game three, four, five. Um, Hap did pitch good his last six or seven starts. But, you know, that does concern me. But if we don't hit, these pitchers are not going to uh, tame the Rays. The Rays can play. They beat us eight times out of ten this year. If we don't hit, we lose. That's just the bottom
0: line. Well, that so that to me, you're not scoring ten runs against Tampa. And the Yankees know that. They, they are fully aware. I, I understand they faced an ace in game one in Cleveland, and they got to him. It was his first playoff start. It, they claimed that he was tipping his pitches. The Yankees knew what was coming. They lit him up. However you want to look at it, the Yankees lit him up. They're not going to score 10 runs off Snell and off Glasnow or whatever his name is. They're not it's not going to happen. So now you're at a point where like what do you how, how are you going to not you're not going to play small ball, but the one advantage I think the Yankees have is that this is this and I know there are no fans. This is a neutral stadium. And they're going to San Diego. And it's not a home run park, so that kind of helps the raise. But if there was ever a year to not have home field advantage, which we talked about, this was the year to not have home field advantage. So you got home field advantage for a best of three. Who cares? Now it's a neutral site. All bets are off. And, the, and if the Yankee team that went to Cleveland shows up, the Yankees are going to be in a good spot. But again, you got to get past games one and two. And it, what's going to happen in three through five? That's my biggest concern there.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm happy we're going to a, a, you know, we're not in a three game series anymore. I mean, as much as I love this playoff format because there's so many games uh, every day, and and they play three straight games, which is, which is very hard for some teams to do when you don't have a good staff. But, you know, I don't want to go to a game four or five plat. I don't want to lose any game. But if but, it's it, it is better to at least have five games instead of three. Three is just, I mean, actually. Last year and the years prior, it, there was a one-game playoff, so it's much better than that because if you do make the playoffs and you only get nine innings uh, at, at a shot, I, I, I didn't like that format. So I do like how they did it this year with three games, but the five-game series, I think definitely uh, definitely comes down to pitching and We don't have as good as pitching as they do, and we're just going to have to hit, and no big deal. I do think the San Diego thing, flying across the country for two East Coast teams, I'm not a big fan of that. You can't complain about it now, but I I do look forward to uh, some nice weather out there. It's not going to be cold. San Diego, Petco Park. Actually, it's uh, it's not going to be downpouring.
0: It's not going to be downpouring no. and they're not going to stop the game and then start the game and stop the game and start the game. Like that was – last night was absurd with what Major League Baseball did. And God forbid there was an injury. Like you almost lost Tanaka for the game. It was absurd what they did last night. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest.
1: Yeah, and by the way, um, even Susan Waldman said uh, like 15 minutes before the first pitch plat, they had on the radar them getting wind and rain. So I don't know what the hell they did. They did that for. And by the way, Tanaka did not look like himself when he came back out. He was maybe reaching 91 on the gun. So that was a bad decision. What are you gonna do about it now? We can't do anything about it. We won. But yeah, that that was that was asinine.
0: So you were at a game, you went to San Diego, you went to the ballpark, you were saying before I cut you off. Sandy
1: Scopes, me and Spike went out there, had a great time. No one even gives a shit about the game at, at, in San Diego. They they just like just just hanging out, um, you know, dressed in shorts and a t shirt and flip flops. It's not <clears throat> it's not that like ballpark feel. Like if you went to Wrigley or Fenway, uh, which are probably my two favorite stadiums to go to, other than Yankee. Um, it's a great atmosphere. Um, the only thing I did miss was. Uh, uh, regarding the fans, I did, I did miss on the home runs. I mean, the place would have been going bananas, Platt, especially in the late innings like that. So I, I, part of me last night was like, man, I wish we were at Yankee and they were hitting these bombs and going into the ninth inning and Chapman. I mean, the place would have been awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, even Cleveland fan would have been – it probably would have been a different game, let's be honest, if there were fans in attendance. But you know what? All of this is different this year because we've discussed it. If this was a full season, the Yankees and Rays would have been within one game of each other. You wouldn't have the setup you have. And look, they're making the best of it. They're calling it the fall frenzy or whatever. It's like a March madness. And it's cool. But let's also be honest. There's no shot in hell that the Toronto Blue Jays and the Milwaukee Brewers should be in the playoffs for baseball. And that, to me, is the one thing that, like, it's a little bit of a, I guess you call it a black eye. Like, you put all these teams in, which is even more pathetic that the Mets didn't make it. But, like, the Blue Jays do not deserve to be anywhere near a playoff right now. And they're a great young team, and they're a few years away. But, like, that was embarrassing watching the Tampa game. Same with Cincinnati Reds. Like, shouldn't be in the
1: playoffs. I mean, they they just scored one run. run. (laughs) Right <laughs> in eighteen innings, they didn't get one run. And by the way, Atlanta didn't really score much either. I mean, they won the game one nothing. They put up a couple homers today. They scored six runs in two games. You can't you can't beat an American League team with that kind of baseball. You got to score runs.
0: No, I was talking to my brother today about it, and he, he he's hell bent on the fact that whoever wins the rays yankees series is winning the world series and i was like not so fast my friend i hear you and i agree they're two of the best teams in baseball but there's a team in los angeles that's pretty damn good too and you never know what's going to happen and there's so how about the irony and i know we have a caller coming in in a few minutes but how about the irony of the fact that the houston astros are going to play their next series in the la dodgers ballpark Potentially against the Oakland A's and Fryer who called out the Astros and was the whistleblower on this whole thing. The irony around that to me is delicious.
1: Yes, yes. And speaking of the Dodgers, I mean, Kershaw doesn't even go game one anymore. Okay? That's scary right there. Their staff, plat, they are the best ball club on paper when it comes to hitting and their pitching. They hit the most home runs in one month than any other National League team has done. They are hot. Kershaw's going tonight. Um, I'll, I'll be tuning into that game. Like you said, the Brewers really don't have a right to be there. Um, but that's the format we're, we're living in right now. Uh, 16 teams, I don't think this will ever happen again. Um, if, no. it does, I'm, if it does, I'm fine with it. But like you said, it's just watered down. Uh, the playoffs should be you know, the top teams um, and you know, if you sneak in, you sneak in, but if you can't do anything when you get in, it's not worth, it's not worth even watching.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, the, the Marlins, your, your, your boy Jeter and Donnie baseball, kudos to them. They won a game happy for them. I would love to see them knock off the Cubs. I think it would be great for baseball. And there are some teams that are there that are, you know, you got to perform when the bright lights are on and they they're the Marlins have showed up and they're a good young team with great pitching and in the playoffs, you never know.
1: Yeah, well, let's go to the phones. We got a guest caller today. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Bags and Platt. How are you? I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Great to have you. Great to have you. Hey, big Yankee fan, I hear, right?
2: I am a big Yankee fan. Very happy right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to more fall baseball.
1: Yeah, so um, I'll start us off. I, I, I really, me and Platt were just talking about the staff, the, the Yankee staff, and I know you're a big Yankee fan. What are you thinking about games three, four, and five? Um, unless Cole can go to those starts, what do you feel, how do you feel about the middle of the rotation, and where do you think Booney's going to go for that game three and four starters? Huge
2: question. Uh, before we even get, get there, I'm worried about number two. I mean, I'm, I'm glad how last night worked out, but Tanaka's fastball was not fooling anybody last night. Um, That's true.
1: It's true. And,
2: and uh, you know, luckily he mixed in some of the curves. Uh, but, you know, he did not inspire. You know, it was great. Incredible game. Come from behind wind. The lineup did its job. Uh, but Yanks pitching for the you know for the rest of the playoffs are a concern. Um, I think you just got to get creative and don't be afraid to think out of the box and and just find a way to get Cole in there those two starts. How
0: do you how do you get him in for two starts though in a in a five day stretch? I mean the, the only way and maybe I'm wrong it, that happens is if he gets shelled in game one, which we're effed if the Yankees are effed if that happens or they score 14 runs in the first two innings and he could pitch 4 and you could take him out. I just don't he, he's going to want to throw 7 to 8 innings if he ha, if he has it and he can and then to bring him back on short rest for game 5, it's going to be I understand your season's on the line, but I could see Boone going to a bullpen game and starting you know, maybe throwing Montgomery for two and Chad Green for two and piecing it together. And we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But Bags and I were just talking about this with the rotation. It's like if Severino were healthy and Paxton were healthy, you feel much better about this pitching staff. And and the Rays have a very good, deep starting rotation and bullpen. So you're, you're not going to score 10 runs off these guys. So my biggest concern, and we're talking about it now, is like what are you going to do after Tanaka and Cole? Are you gonna you're gonna start Hap on twelve days rest at thirty nine years old? Like I don't know where they go.
2: It's a good point, and I think um, I'm I'm hoping as the Yankee fan for what for for what you said, Flat. And it's unimaginable right now. That I'm getting fourteen on a Snell on a Glass now. Uh, but yeah, I will, where else do you go except for experience and Hap and hope for the best? He's he's seen them a million times. He's pitched against the AL East a million times and And you hope um, uh, you know the, the bright, you know the bright lights and zero fans um, help him and that's kind of that's one question I wanted to ask you guys do Do no fans matter at all in, in this playoff series to these guys and and if so, which team or pitcher do you
1: think uh, it helps the most? It's a great question and I'm going to take a stab at it right now. The the no fans in the park, I believe, takes a lot of pressure off of teams and players who have not been to this big show yet. The playoffs is a complete different monster. And you know it. You've been watching playoffs in the Bronx for a good 25 years now. That place is crazy. And, and a guy, getting back to your point about the pitching, if, if a guy like Garcia, who's a baby, OK, if he goes out there and if he was playing in Fenway, the crowd would be such th- the crowd would actually not not hurt him, but it would be really difficult under those circumstances. To let up a home run, to lead off a game down one nothing, you're a baby. You want to step up for your team. You got a lot of veterans that are counting on you. I think if Garcia is pitching in San Diego, with no fans, I think that's a lot easier than throwing, you know, throwing in a packed house on the road. So if he goes uh, Montgomery, he's just has a little more experience. But Montgomery doesn't have playoff experience. So I kind of look at them as like, okay, I'll I'll take it half for Game Three because of his experience, okay, and he had a good last six or seven starts that, as I mentioned before, to Platt. But I'm okay with going to the kid because there isn't that pressure situation, okay. There's no one in the park. I mean, he was playing in the minor leagues this year. It's gonna be, I mean, that that was probably even harder to do than than to. Play against uh, throw against no fans. So I'm going to go with Garcia game four and no fans will have no impact on any of the Yankee Yankee players.
0: Yeah, I think I think it, it, it hurts the Yankees more than it hurts the Rays because the Yankee obviously Yankee Stadium is is the Bronx Zoo and it's crazy. The Rays seem to have very little home field Support when they're playing at home and then you put in the fact that they're playing the Yankees So 40% of the fans at at, at Tropicana would have been Yankee fans so I think it, it hurts the Yankees more than it hurts the Rays, but um, I'll bring an analogy I heard from another sport about this whole fan thing Scotty Pippen I don't know if you guys saw this today was talking about the NBA and he said that the finals is such a disservice, and the whole bubble situation is not real basketball. And he, and the analogy, the reason why I'm bringing this up, he specifically cited Ray John Rondo. And he goes, That guy shoots 20% from three point range during the regular season when there are fans and when it's a real environment. And he's shooting almost 50% from three point range in the bubble. So just goes to show that there are certain players who feel different pressure in certain situations. And it's going to be unique to see how these players perform with no fans there in such an intense playoff game. But I have to be honest, I watching these two games, you missed the fans, but there was a lot of intensity on the field. I'm not saying I was surprised, but did, did you guys feel it? Because it felt like playoff baseball to me. There was nothing outside of no fans there. Everything else felt the same.
2: I think, yeah, very good points. And I think, like, maybe it, it, it didn't matter to Bieber Right? I think maybe just the moment being in the playoffs maybe got to him a little bit but it may may have helped Cole an empty Cleveland Stadium he, he went about his business as usual because he's been there and he's a veteran and I thought maybe maybe it hurt Kershaw maybe maybe it helps Kershaw tonight because of you know there's lots of pressure on him just to do well in the playoffs in general so maybe no fans there he's able to just go about his business as usual I guess we'll see tonight
1: yeah, we're talking to Brian, our uh, guest caller this week on the Bags and Platt. Speaking of Kershaw, can you believe he doesn't go game one anymore? I mean, that staff is for real, Brian. you have any, anything about the National League or the Dodgers? I think it's, um, you know what, I think it's to relieve that pressure. They're
2: the favorite. And, no, let's take, let's take the pressure off him. He still had a great year. And let's get this monkey off his back. Take a little pressure off him and let him just do his thing in game two. So I, I think no fans could actually help him. Um, you know what I want to ask you guys? I don't know if you talked about it yet. Houston, the, the Houston cheaters. I mean, are these guys, their batting averages have plummeted this year since they can't cheat, and they come out and win this series Are they for real, or are they just an awesome side story as a villain in the playoffs? Like, Can can their experience take them anywhere, or are they just going to be fun to root against?
0: I don't think they have the pitching to go anywhere. I mean, look, the Twins have lost, what, like 17 straight playoff games? I don't even know how that's possible. So I think, you know, obviously kudos to the Astros. I saw Correa was running this trap all over the place. Who's doubting us now? And look what we did. But look, truth be told, whether they f- they face Oakland next series or whether they face Chicago next series, they could beat either of those teams, but they just don't have the pitching this year. You know, obviously losing Cole, Verlander's out. They're starting Grinky game 1 and then after that all bets are off. So in a 5-game series against Oakland, I think they're going to really have their work cut out for them. Uh, Chicago, who knows, they're young, but you know, you can't count them out, but it is a it is a villain story, and if any team has lucked out with no fans being in the stadium this year, it's surely the Astros. But to answer your question and bags that you have at it next, I don't see them getting past the next round.
1: And, and the reason I don't is because, and we talked about this the last show, Brian, the bullpen in these series are so incredibly important because of how you're managing games every day. Like, you know, normally there's at least like, you know, Uh, at least one day off. I mean, I thought it was mostly because of television in the past with uh, the World Series. And now when you're playing every day, you got to really manage your bullpen. And I don't think Houston really has a bullpen uh, that can can take them far. You know, anybody can get hot, and they do have a couple stars. Um, I personally do not want to see them win another game, and I almost – I almost want to see somebody you know, back them off the plate a little bit because Platt's right. If, if anybody's going to benefit from no fans, it's the Astros. So we'll see what happens, but I really don't think they can make a run. And this could be, when you said monkey off your back before, this could be the year where the Oakland A's actually get it done and go to the World Series because we used to beat them every year. Um, I don't. I I never really believe in you know in the Billy Bean ball, but they are they are very good, and I'll be watching them. But I don't know. I, I just don't know if the Astros can really can really advance this year.
0: Next, right, Who do you who are very your cool. picks for uh, the playoffs here? Who do you like to make the World Series from the AL and the NL?
2: I mean, I got. I'm a I'm a Yankee fan. That's all I'm. rooting for. So it's it's Yanks Yanks and Dodgers. Is the ultimate story that I would love to see. Uh, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people in the country might like to see it as well. But um, I got to go with my Yanks, and and the Dodgers got a lot of talent.
1: So, yeah. Well, you know what? That's a popular pick. I hope it happens because it would be really great for the sport. I think it would do a great rating. And speaking of picks, Bri, if you got some time, we're going to talk some NFL. Um, I know you've been hot lately since uh, <laughs> draft DraftKings and FanDuel have changed uh, many people's lives. What do you got this week in the NFL? We got a nice game on tonight. Uh, it's probably the worst game of the year, but it's on Thursday night, like most games. You got Jags Dolphins one week, and then you got Browns versus Bengals. The only way anybody watches these games is because it's the only game on. Um, what do you like this week, Brock? So, if it was five picks, I'll
2: tell you right now. I, I won money betting it against the Jets and Giants last week. I'm going to do it again this week. So, that, that, those two are not part of my three bet, uh, picks. This Jets team is so bad. I got a cousin in town. He drove to upstate New York for two hours uh, to visit an alpaca farm during the Jets game last Sunday. That's how bad this team is. Wow, what a that tool. He can't <laughs> he said he can't watch him. So, wow! Was he wine wine, like, wine
1: tasting or something? <laughs> it was
2: like a wine tasting. Take an alpaca for a walk, and he and that was during his his uh, jazz. And he's a big fan too. Um, what a so shame. That's how bad this team is. Um, but the first pick I like, I will. I'll give a disclaimer. I am a Cowboys fan, so the first pick I like is betting the Cowboys over. This uh, Cowboys team has led up almost 100 points in three games. I'm watching the game last Sunday. I'm like, whoa, when, when the heck did we get Brandon Carr back on the team? They got Brandon Carr in the secondary. And uh, the Cowboys can put up points. The Browns can put up points. And I love the over in the Cowboys. That's my first pick. Um, the second it, 50, one I 55, like.
0: It's 55 and a half right now?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a big one. 55 and a half. All yep. Right. Uh, the second one I like is Bucks minus seven against the Chargers at home. Uh, I think Brady is just starting to get comfortable with his weapon, and, and you've got a rookie Chargers quarterback coming into Tampa, and I just think it's too much for him to handle Brady and, what, and him just getting more and more comfortable. Uh, so that, w- that would be my number two pick. Uh, and then number three, how can you even think about putting money down on the Falcons after their two weeks in a row? So I think um, Aaron Rodgers came into the season as an afterthought, and what he's done in the first three weeks has been nothing but impressive. And I think this Fal- Falcons team, some players may not want to even play the rest of the season. They're, they're so depressed. I mean, those games are just epic letdowns. Uh, so I kind of like the pack minus seven as well.
1: All right. Brian's three picks. we got Cowboys over, Bucks and Packers. I want to really thank you for coming on today. And uh, we wish you luck the rest of the season. Hope to, hope to hear from you soon, pal. Thanks for having me, guys. Love the show. Thanks again. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Appreciate it.
1: All right, Platt. Um, Last uh, on the season, you're four and two, I'm five and one. I'm looking at the slate today. And even though I had the dolphins last Thursday night and I want to take the Jets tonight, I'm not gonna do it. Because it's, it would almost be like, you know, gasoline on the fire. Like, I'm gonna start rooting for this team one night and and, and fall into the, that, that jet family that just hates their team. And I wanna say something before we get to our picks. I was thinking about this in the car today. And I think what the Jets and the Giants lack was one word I came up with. It's called leadership. I'm not going to say anything about Lawrence Taylor, but there's always been a leader on the Giants. Whether it was Justin Tuck or Pierce, Harry Carson, Carl Banks. These guys were leaders, okay? Even, um, you know, Osi Yora. Uh, These guys just played defense, and there was always a guy, Platt, that you're like, oh, I want to go watch him play. I'm going to keep my eye on this guy. He's a leader on the sidelines, leads by example in practice, on the field. Can you name a giant right now that could even fall into that category of leadership? Because I can't. And if you talk about the Jets, there's not one on that team either. It's so valuable and important in the NFL. If you think of all the Super Bowl teams, or if you think of winning franchises, there's a leader, Platt. There's a leader in the damn locker room. And there is no leader on the Jets and the Giants, especially the Giants. And for as long as me and you have been alive, and think about all your Redskins Super Bowl teams, there was a damn leader in that locker room. There was a guy you went to the stadium and you kept your eye on him only. There is not one Giant or one Jet that I'm going to pay to go see right now. I can't even name most of the players anymore. It's pitiful. There's not one player. I'm fired up because if I'm a 10-year-old kid, Platt, what the hell jersey am I buying? Come on!
0: (laughs) Not a Jet or Giant. Let me ask you this. If the Jets and Giants combined teams – would they make the playoffs? No way. <laughs> Think about Absolutely
1: that. Absolutely not. Especially with these lines, they they can't block anybody, dude. Not to I mean, mention the quarterback. The, the quarterbacks can't play. Even if I mean, put it this way, they don't have a Tony Rice on the field, and they don't have a, um, a Gonzalez at tight end, and they don't have you know an Adrian Peterson in his prime. So. Even if you're a mediocre team, I don't see any passion, Platt. I don't see anybody getting the, getting the team riled up and calling in a huddle like LT said. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazed dogs. There's just, if, if you put those teams together, there wouldn't be one Pro Bowl around the whole damn roster. How is it possible that no one could be, I mean, Beckton, the jet lineman. He's got a lot yeah. of uh, big future. Lot, I mean, he's going to have a good career. Uh, and what, what, you know what he does? He plays physical as hell. Baldinger went off on Twitter about how he just moves men like it's nothing. If, the, if you put the Giants and the Jets roster together, I don't know if anybody goes to the Pro Bowl, plot. <laughs> so pathetic.
0: <laughs> who wins a game first? Who, who wins a game first, the Jets or the Giants? Oh...
1: You know, I'd have to look at the schedules, but I'm going to do that after the show. And then me and you can text later, because I actually think the Jets have a shot to win tonight. And I don't think the Giants have a shot. I think Francesca said on Twitter, he goes, the Giants don't have a win in sight. Can you imagine that? They're, they're not favored to win any games. And the Broncos, who are starting Brett Rippin, related to your boy Mark Rippin, by the way, that's right. They're starting Brett Rippin Platt. He's never started a game and the Broncos are favored by 1. I mean, you <laughs> got to look in the mirror if you're a Jet fan. It's pitiful. The Jets have a shot. It is it is
0: absolutely pitiful, but tonight if they're going to win a game this season, It's tonight. The Giants, I would have to say, have a shot against Washington when they play their divisions. I don't know the rest of the schedule yet. I haven't looked at it either. But I feel bad for both franchises right now because both of them are pitiful at the same time. And the moment either the Yankees are eliminated from the playoffs or win the World Series, sports is over here for God knows how long. I mean, the New York Post is writing articles about R.J. Barrett having a lights-out practice session. Think about what's going on in this town right now, outside of the Yankees.
1: Yeah, I, I, there was an article on Lundquist. The Rangers yeah. are gonna give them, give him a nice send off. Um, well, anyway, let's get to the picks. This week's Bags and plat picks are sponsored by Budweiser. Okay, here we go. I actually like the Cowboys this week, and I hate the Cowboys. But they're given four and a half. They're at home. I think they do plat for a good game, as 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 me and you were texting. The NFC East shouldn't even be allowed to send somebody to the to the playoffs, but they're gonna. Um, Cowboys are home. They're in their stadium. I know there's you know no fans, but they'll be. They have uh, some fans. Dallas has some fans. They're in that that, like twenty percent
0: thing or whatever. That's right. That's right. They do have some fans.
1: Imagine how college, uh, colleges can have fans, but NFL can't. I, I still can't get over that because Clemson has fans, and it's just amazing that the Don't NFL get me started. I mean, they're students. They're not adults. Anyway, Cowboys minus 4.5, and, and Platt, I am going down a – not RFK, Washington, getting 13 points, Platt. They're in their own building. The Ravens are coming off a pitiful performance, even though – Mahomes is just, I mean, he's out of, out of this world. I'm going with the Redskins as the number two pick. So, Cowboys, Redskins, and I actually have the Falcons. I'm going against Brian, our caller. I think they can't get any worse. And I think Rodgers has been really hot. He's in his own building as well. I think the Falcons show up. Matty Ryan's going to have a good game, and I'm going to take the seven. So, Cowboys four and a half, Washington plus 13, Atlanta plus seven.
0: All right, Bags' picks are in. I'm on the clock. I'm going to go with the Rams, believe it or not. Even though they're getting 12 and a half against your beloved New York Giants, they're playing at home. They're pissed about how they lost that game to Buffalo last week. You know that they're going to have some offensive wizardry going on. You know that flying across the country is not going to bowl well for the Giants. I'm taking the Rams with that spread. I'm also going to look at I'm going to go against you, and I'm going to say that as pitiful as the Ravens looked last week, they're going to take it out on my Washington football club this week. So I think they're going to cover. I'm going with two big spreads right there, and then I am going to take the Buffalo Bills getting three points against the Raiders in Las Vegas. So yeah, I like the way Buff- Josh Buff- Allen's Buffalo's playing. Buffalo's giving three. Yeah, they're giving three. Given three, sorry. Given three, yeah. Given three. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo giving three to the Raiders. I like the way the Bills have been playing. That's a little bit of a crazy pick for me, but I'm going to go with it.
1: You know what? I, I really like uh, the story uh, behind this Buffalo team. You know, Buffalo has been really, really bad. The, but they also have played against Brady and the Pats Twice a year for the past, you know, I don't know. I guess it was 15 to 18 years of going into the season knowing you're going to lose two games, and it's kind of cool to see somebody from the AFC East besides New England. Um, obviously, the Jets and the Miami are trash. Uh, so Buffalo is kind of a nice feel-good story for the NFL this this year. Josh Allen's making uh, making the Jets picks. Jets pick look worse and worse every game he plays. He, he looks like he's really got a good handle on the offense. Buffalo does have uh, a, a good a good roster. They got some playmakers, but I, la- I like that Buffalo story. Um, besides Buffalo, I don't really see anything that really jumps out that's really surprising me. Um, obviously, the Jets and the Giants, I mean, the season's pretty much over. Um, they're, they're, they're still talking about Trevor Lawrence after week one, so you know where that's going. The question I have for you, Platt, is how serious is this uh, Rams team? Um, you know, th- they had a great year last year. They have a great young head coach, um, and the NFC really doesn't look too tough. I knew I, the Saints are really disappointing. The Bucks, everybody, you know, thinks they put together this great roster with with older, good talent. But I, I I feel like the and then the Niners plot. I mean I mean anybody could beat the Jets and the Giants but the Niners have a lot of injury problems so I'm thinking about the NFC today and I came up with one thing like our caller Brian said Aaron Rodgers has been like flying under the radar and he's playing like the old Aaron Rodgers so is it Packers and Rams that kind of headline the NFC with Seattle being you know one of the teams to beat. And that's pretty much it, Platt. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the NFC plays out and if Rodgers can keep up this pace.
0: I think you nailed that right there. I think Seattle,
1: I think Green Bay, and the Rams are having your
0: prototypical bounce back, right? Like they went to the Super Bowl. They shit it in the actual Super Bowl game. They had a horrible season last year, hangover from Super Bowl loss. They're healthy again. They're in a better position. They, I think, will make a good run this year. The Niners, obviously, are depleted with all these injuries. Rogers definitely had a little fire under his ass with the draft pick there. He still has, I mean, if you look at what tools he has around him, he has no running game. He has no great wide receivers. He's What, they're, what he's doing with that team is amazing. I think the Saints are a huge disappointment right now. They have time to turn that around. The 49ers could still get healthy, so they're kind of a wild card here. Great defense, great running game. Solid quarterback when healthy, and I also think the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, can you can Kirk Cousins have been a worse signing? Like the, the one thing the Jets did right was not giving that guy a truckload of money because he has been horrific. I have friends in Minnesota and they're just like they they're in disbelief at how bad the Vikings are and there's a lot of talent on that team. So, NFC-wise, I'm with you. And then the AFC, I mean, here's my deal bags. I watched that Broncos Chiefs game and the Chiefs are the cream of the crop, but neither of those teams play defense. Like at least the Steelers play defense for a team of this era and this generation. I I mean, Fourth and one, fourth and four. It's just like it's expected that you go. No one's stopping anyone. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore can't beat Kansas City. I mean, that might be your AFC title game. But for whatever reason, they can't get over the hump. So I'm always left questioning, how good is Baltimore? Are they really that good? Because they they just cannot beat Kansas City.
1: Yeah, and you brought up uh, the Steelers. I think they're they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit too, plat. And you're right. That's the only team that really still... You know plays ferocious defense they can tackle they can blitz they have a great great coach they have a you know great mentality on both sides of the ball they got a guy named ben roethlisberger that just doesn't go away he's huge he plays big in big games i think that's one team if they had to play kansas city i don't think anybody beat kansas city at arrowhead um, but if they had to I play agree. Kansas, if they had to play Kansas City in Pittsburgh, um, I think they would have a shot. But I, I got to tell you, I don't really see anybody beating this Mahomes kid. What he does is amazing. His attitude is spectacular. I don't see the Chiefs. I, I I don't see the Chiefs not going to the Super Bowl. It's just it it just looks it looks too easy to say, or it seems too easy to say. But I I just think they have, they are the total package, and they don't play defense, but they're gonna put up forty.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't see who's going to touch them in the AFC. And I, I'm, I'm going to be shocked if Lamar Jackson makes it through another two seasons with how much he runs. Like, they're going to have to get to a point where they tell him, like, you got to be more of a pocket passer. He's got a good arm. He's not as accurate as Mahomes. He's not the magician. He's probably not as good of a passer as Watson, which, by the way, Texans huge disappointment right now right no wins yes so you look at that signing and how much they gave Watson I know he's a Clemson boy so I'm not going to disrespect them on, on here with you but they're obviously they're at a look in the mirror moment here they're in a lot of trouble but back getting of rid- to get- talk
1: go 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 I just wanted to say getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins was the, probably the worst move I've ever seen in the NFL but uh go ahead I got two last questions for you but I'll let you go first well, you go in NFL? Because I, I wanted to talk NBA for a minute here. That's that's where I'm going. But all first, right. I got two questions for you. One, yes. does anybody know that the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup?
0: I do, because I'm a hockey
1: guy and maybe exactly. other people do. But that's about <laughs> and, it. And I'm no, I'm happy for numbers. my boy Ryan McDonough. <laughs> Absolutely. Good for him. There's a bunch of rangers down there, I think, still. Now, we all thought the Lakers Platt, would probably go to the NBA Finals. We all probably thought that they would play maybe the Bucks or Raptors, but no one saw the Miami Heat coming. What's your take on this series? Obviously you saw what LeBron and Davis did. What's your take on this series? And do you think the Heat have any chance in this series? And what does LeBron become if his number is gonna be up in the Raptors as a Laker? and winning a title for L.A. Wow, a lot to unpack here. So, yes.
0: first and foremost, I don't think that he'd have a shot. I've been saying that for the past few days. I don't. If they get one game, maybe two, I'll be shocked. Second of all, Anthony Davis is a special player. He's incredible to watch. He's in his prime right now. What a, signing, one. What, what a
1: what signing, Platt. What a signing.
0: What a signing. On the LeBron front, listen – I grew up as you did. Jordan's the goat. I give LeBron a ton of respect. He's a top five guy for me. But his lineage of how he's gotten here is what destroys it for me. First, you leave Cleveland to go play with your buddies. And you got two of the best players in the league that you're playing with. Then you go back to Cleveland because Kyrie's there. It's your hometown. And you go get Kevin Love to play with you. So you got another big three. Why do you leave Cleveland? It's where you're from. You brought a title there. Win three more titles. And maybe you can enter the discussion. But you didn't go to the Clippers and try to revitalize a franchise. You went to the Lakers. That's like going to the Yankees. You, 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 to me, and, and listen, everybody seems to forget the Lakers were awful last year. I don't even think they made the playoffs last year. LeBron was there. So it's like he had to go out and get Anthony Davis to come. And I get it's a different league now. But you cannot say he's the greatest of all time. He's top five guy. I'll give you that and I want to hear your take on it and he's special talent and he's not he's not even a comparable player to Jordan because their styles are super different. I give him a lot of respect for what he's done for the league, for what he's done for other players. He speaks out, he's different than Jordan in that regard. He's all over social media, he's talking about everything that's going on, but in terms of like how he's gotten the where he is and what he's doing in the league right now, and he might not care, but he's not the goat and he's gonna win this title, and then what? It, like, I mean, he's obviously not leaving LA, but is Anthony Davis staying there? There's a lot to figure out, but look, Miami backing it up to your first point, kudos to them for getting there. Pat Riley is a fucking stud. You say what you want. That guy's been in the finals for like five generations straight. That team never rebuilds. Think about it. They went from Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway to Shaq or Wade, to Shaq and Wade, to being bad for a year or two.
2: Yeah, yeah, they Alonso. rebuild,
0: like, Alonzo. Like, they're just always good. And you just got to give that guy credit. Spalcher was freaking doing videos for the team, like, five years ago. And he's <laughs> and he's going to have two or three titles before all this is said and done. Like, phenomenal job with that franchise, but I can't see them. I actually was, I was on the phone today with somebody. I was saying that, to me, the Celtics would have been the tougher matchup for the Lakers than the Heat are, just with the way they match up on the floor. And, obviously, I know that the Heat beat the Celtics. But to me, Boston would have been a harder matchup for the Lakers. The Lakers still would have won, but that's, that's where I, that's where I see. And sorry for verbal diarrhea right there, but we haven't talked to NBA in a while.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll first hit the Jordan point because Jordan actually was, was a part of a team um, that had Brad Sellers and Bill Cartwright and John Paxson and, and, uh, B.J. Armstrong, he never had a star until they drafted Pippen and Pippen developed into a player. So he only had Pippen. He didn't have the big three. He, they didn't trade and bring a, a, a big name in there. Okay. Yes, they went and got Kukoc from overseas, but that's another uh, a draft pick or, or free agent signing that really no one knew about him. What LeBron, I don't think LeBron can elevate his status more than it is now. That's what I'll say. So if he wins a title, nothing's going to change. So I agree with you on that point. He's just going to be LeBron. The fact that he went out to Los Angeles, um, I think probably he wanted to get into the entertainment side of things. I think he wanted to live in Los Angeles for for the rest of his life. I thought he had enough of Cleveland. But you don't – like Jordan would never – Leave in your prime in Chicago. That was his city. He's always gonna be the Chicago Bull, even though he finished with the Wizards. LeBron to me does not ha- does not deserve to have his jersey next to Mag- Magic Johnson, Jabbar, Elgin Baylor, and etc. I just I just think it's just whatever. Like no one's gonna really even. I mean I don't know a lot of people that are watching. I'm gonna watch the finals, but I just don't think he can elevate his status uh any any more than
0: it is now well let me and let me ask you this so now what happens if this is a sweep or five game series or even six and anthony davis ends up winning mvp and has a ridiculous series like again different era different generation do you think michael jordan would have ever not won the mvp in a bulls final like there's no shot as great as Scottie pippen was as much as kukoc contributed as much as any guy could have had like that's why I'm saying they're different players. It's almost not a fair comparison that the media constantly does this between the two. I think you just got to keep them in their own lanes. I mean, LeBron is unique and he's special and he's a physical freak and he's a great ball player. But he's not Michael Jordan. Kobe might have been the closest thing we saw to Michael. LeBron's a different
1: kind of player. But yeah, LeBron he get, always he gets, tri- he gets triple doubles like it's nothing. So maybe yeah. maybe they give him the MVP just because of the uh, of the stat line because. He's actually a lot more um, unselfish uh, with this Laker team than he's been in the past. I think he loves feeding Davis. I think he's the reason that they got Davis. I think Davis going to the Lakers could be one of the best transactions I've ever seen in the NBA because, Platt, it was instant. They were great already. Once he went there, they were favored to win. Like how does one person actually make a team as the favorites win the NBA championship when they've never played together. That's that that's the last thing I got on the on the on the NBA.
0: And here here's my challenge, and then we'll wrap up the show. Here's my challenge with this. The Lakers were terrible last year. LeBron was there. Instead yep. of turning that team around with what he had and making all of those guys better, they immediately had to go get Anthony Davis, who's a top four guy in the NBA. And they unloaded Ball and Ingram and whoever else they traded. So it's just another, to me, it's just another, I don't want to use the word Astra because that's not right, but it's just another ding for LeBron. He's going to win a title and he's going to say, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks, but it's like you didn't elevate the Laker team you got. You went out and got a new player or a new team or a new star. So he's going to win the title. Good for him, but it's just, you know, it's a different world now and this is how the league is.
1: I hear you, Platt. Anyway, great show today. Look forward to our next Bags and Platt podcast. Thanks to Brian, our guest our guest speaker, caller today. And uh, enjoy the rest of the baseball this weekend, Platt. You too, buddy. I'll talk Later. to you. Absolutely.